Well, good Monday morning, KOA Army. I hope you're all well out there after, um, well, well, what a weekend. What an up and down weekend, like a great Yarmouth roller coaster. Have you been on the one at Yarmouth? What a wonderful roller coaster that is. But oh dear, oh dear, what a what a kick in the stomach that was, wasn't it, guys? Well, I'm Mike Bacon, uh, the, the King Porker, the Porker Poncho, the Porco Pondianos. Who I'll be introducing um, the uh, KOA pod this this uh, this fine Monday morning. Um, the Heath Monster, the Heath Monster, a victim, a victim of collateral damage after the the, the last gasp equaliser straight out into the garden, kicking kicking his concrete pizza oven so much he's damaged his toes. He's sitting at home with his feet in an ice bucket, and um, and he won't be joining us today. And the doctor, well, the doctor Watson, I'm afraid, another one, another another a, a sad. Sad, sorry example of collateral damage to what to that last gasp equaliser. Bang in his laptop, pen flew in the air, ping straight in the middle of his forehead. He's got a hole there that he's a little embarrassed to show us all. We'll hopefully see him on Thursday. Um, but there you go. So, well, oh dear, oh dear. So close yet so far. But, well, we're going to discuss that and more on this KOA podcast. I hope you're all well on this. Why? Well, this is a sunny, this is a sunny Monday morning if if we're a little disappointed at points dropped. I'm joined by two cracking kings who are there at the Kazam Stadium. A stadium name, actually, I quite like that name, Kazam. It's that's a bit better than some of the other silly names we hear, like the McVitie's Biscuit one or whatever we call them. Um, I'm sorry. Anyway, the first man I introduce is well, he was there with his video camera running up and down this red zone where he shouldn't be, all doing all sorts of things and, and taking pictures of fans, pictures inside the ground, outside the ground. Where There he was. It's Roscoe. It's Roscoe the Halls. Ross, Roscoe. Roscoe. Roscoe Halls. How are you? I am buzzing because of that intro, Mike. Well mm. done, sir. Um, but yeah, I like the Kassam Stadium name as well. It's just, it's just a nice little ring to it. Kassam Stadium. It sounds like a superhero. Yeah, it's almost it's almost nearly as good as the Wham Stadium. I quite like the Wham one. Is that Accrington? Yeah. Wham is Accrington, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Quite like that one as well, but the Kazam is good. But anyway, so well, anyway, Ross, we'll come to you in a minute. A busy weekend you had, you're not just with the Ipswich town men's team, also the Ipswich women's team. We'll talk about that later on as well. Um, but my 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 well, my fellow fellow grand king who was at the Kazam on Sam Man, whose middle name is Cucumber. Cool as. He, nothing worried him on. So when the last goal, when the equaliser went in, as disappointed as he was, he just carried on with his match ratings, professional to the to the core. It's Andy. It's Andy the Hutch. The Hutch, the Hutch monster. No Hutch here. He's Hutch there. He's not Scar Starsky. He's Hutch. It's Andy Hutch Warren. Andy, well, how are you this Monday morning? Oh, man. Um, I'm always on my toes when you're doing this, Mike. I don't, I'd never know quite what quite what to expect and you've not you've not let us down again um it's nice to be with you pleasure to be with you and of course well well it is it's a pleasure to be here with just a shame it's just oh it feels so disappointing doesn't it you, those two extra points in their league one table look so different andy andy you were there you saw it all in its glory and it's not so much glory at the end oh go on then give us a give us a streamlined view of an up and down uh-huh. kazam Oh, it was, yeah, it's it's a real kick to the gut, isn't it? Um, they that second half performance from Ipswich was was bordering on perfection in my book. I think Kieran McKenna at the end said it was the best half of football under him, and I'd I would completely agree with that. They were they were nearly kind of past perfect, um, just until that that ninety fifth minute of of the game, and uh, yeah, two two points dropped, which would make things look at quite a lot different today um loads and loads of positives from this game they played really well um the atmosphere in the away end looked incredible when when selena's goal went in we were sat directly directly opposite it um when opposite the away fans when that went in and the scenes in there were were incredible um but sadly that wasn't the only the goal of the game and they've ended up um ended up coming away with just a point when they deserved all three so yeah, a real uh, a real kick in the gut that one. I mean, did you did you see it coming, Andy? I mean, could you, I, mean, I, know, I know at one nil you're always susceptible to to an equal. Obviously, that goes without saying. That's football. But did it look on the cards? Did anything like that? You sort of worry no. about it? No, I don't think so. I think they'd seen off um, seen off everything that Oxford had really thrown at them, particularly in in the first half. There was a bit of a flurry of shots. Christian Walton a little more busy in this game than he has been of late, but. Um, 
you know, they 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 saw them off there. They they made Kieran McKenna made changes five or so minutes into the second half, which brought on Sam Sam Morsi and Macaulay Bond, and that that did the trick. It which were on the front foot for the whole of the second half from that point. They they maybe didn't manage injury time perfectly, they, but but to say I don't think anybody saw saw that coming. Uh, uh, apart from when when that ninety fifth minute corner got got given, Stu Stu turned to me and said, "This would be a real dagger to the heart if this went in." Because and that's exactly what it was. It was mm. because it had not been coming. Um, but when the ninety fifth minute corner is won, the keepers charging up. Um, you always fear the worst if you're only a goal up, don't you? And ultimately, mm-hmm. that's um, the worst. Uh, the worst transpired. Sad times. Mm, sad times indeed, Roscoe. And of course, you were you were around near the Ipswich fans, no doubt, or, or video and all their excitement and then their disappointment. And um, Carl Robinson actually said the um, the Oxford manager that his he, his words were something like, "We I told my assistant if we're there for for three days, we won't score." So he never really saw it coming up either, Roscoe. And and what about yourself? Yeah, didn't didn't see it coming at all. I think everyone was still buzzing from the you know the limbs after Selena's goal. What a great team goal that was, and you know the atmosphere was amazing. It always is in that away end um, for away games, and yeah. But when I looked up and saw, oh, they got a corner here. I thought, oh no, this is a typical town thing. Been on top all game, play so well, ball goes in, and then I look behind me and go. The fans are just all deflated. They're leaving. The Oxford fans, a lot of them already left the ground. And they were, you know, celebrating in the car park because, you know, they saw, they heard the the noise. But, yeah. Celebrating, celebrating in the car park. What an absolute disgrace that is, Andy. Yeah. Andy Warren, uh, celebrating we, in the yeah. car park. Well, the, the great thing about the Kassam Stadium car park is from the press box, you can see it because there's no stand behind the goal. So, I can confirm there were indeed a lot of fans celebrating that goal in the in the in the car park behind the uh, behind the wall the wooden wall it's graceful shocking should never should, should shouldn't be shouldn't be doing that anyway um so yeah ross so i mean so were you alongside the fans throughout the game ross were you actually at because it did look it looked pandemonium uh, again ipswich town doing themselves proud with a wonderful away support um you were right alongside yeah in the second half i was basically right you know in, you know they're right behind me um so they're making some great noise and uh, yeah when Selena scored, of course. Selena charged his way. You know, he, he was very tempted to take his shirt off, but he stopped himself. I think he knows he's probably, you know, he's had a few yellow cards, so he stopped himself. But yeah, Flair's coming on the pitch. Um, Wes Burns has got a very good picture. I'm very proud of this picture of uh, Wes Burns. He put his hat on, doing the rock and roll sign. Um, and that's um, that was a great little picture there. And all, all the players, you know, Wolfie was jumping in the air. McCauley Bunn was loving it because, you know, this is his club. Um, but yeah, great scene, and it felt like yeah, this club is together again. But um, unfortunately, it was a dagger in the heart, as as Stu said. Um, mm. They're getting the late when it just ruined that that great moment because that was a, a big statement, you know, beating the team like Oxford. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. Mm, that rock, that picture you got, Ross of of Wes Burns. I love that picture. Uh, but it look it looks like it looks like he was kind of celebrating with it. Do you remember those pictures of the England cricket team? Um, after they'd gone out and got absolutely battered after winning the Ashes and going to Downing Street, yeah. he looked like he could have been. Uh, obviously, obviously, he was not drunk, but he uh, he looked like he could have been involved in that. Um, but yeah, Tyreek Backinson was getting involved heavily in those celebrations as well, wasn't he? It's uh, yeah, it's a shame that a goal and scenes like that didn't ultimately ultimately um, yield the three points that it, it really looked like they were going to. And Andy, the goal itself. I mean, I've looked at it two or three. I mean, that, I, I like I like that goal. I, I really, this is the sort of thing McKenna's brought to the football club, he says, and he football, what, what I call proper football, not the big man comes up and gets a 95th minute header. That's not proper football. I mean, that's just, that's just a big man coming up and getting a header. They all count, of course. I'm talking about this, this was a proper goal, wasn't it? I mean, lovely move, lovely. Cha- Chaplin, Chaplin, what a, what a ball. Yeah, slick, wasn't it? Really slick. Mm. You can see that one, um, you can see what they're doing in training, making its way onto the pitch. Chaplin's pass, just a little stab with the outside of his boot. Perfection for Burns to run onto. Um, Burns' pullback, which is, as we've discussed on here for the last few weeks, that the nature of his delivery is changing. And it's clearly something that's being coached. It's not the kind of flash the ball as hard as you can across the box. It's, it's look up, pick someone out. And he did that perfectly. Perfection pullback for Selena and he's exactly the man that you want 
um, in that position to to finish. Macaulay Bond did his best to be offside and 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 uh, in in that scenario, but um, no, perfect finish from from Selena. And he he's the man that you want scoring goals like that because he's a showman and uh, he he brings that extra level to to celebrations. I think, but yeah, it's um so much good. So much good coming out of this game, but we're sitting here talking about a draw that ultimately um, puts a dent in a real dent in things. Um, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we can't appreciate the good that, that came out of it. You enjoyed the game, Roscoe. I mean, obviously, apart from the disappointment, the actual second half performances, as Andy said, Kira Keller sort of described probably as one of the best of the season. Yeah, the first half I didn't enjoy. That was a very frustrating first half. Both sides just were cancelling each other out. It was going to go, oh, here we go again. Another nil-nil draw. That is the the common result against these two sides. You know, no goals. But um, yeah, as Andy said, Selena, the showman himself. What a goal. Enjoyed that second half. A lot of players really stood out for me. I thought McCauley Bond did well when he came on. Um, Sam Morsey, of course, was the difference maker when he came on as well. Um, and just, yeah, good day all around. The sun is out as well. You always love a football game when the sun is out. A lovely, lovely day in Oxfordshire. Um, the fans were in good spirits, but um, yeah, unfortunately, at the end, a lot of people were gutted and just sickened by the, the late equalise because that is what football is all about. It's what you love football. You know, the highs and then the lows. Um, of course, it is. It does hurt when you are that side who are losing out on a big three points when a late equaliser goes in. But good, good day all round despite the draw. Yeah, we we don't we don't mind it, Andy doing when we get late equaliser. That's always good stuff, and um, we're always you know mm-hmm. looking at a wonderful wonderful result and what a great day out and everything. But that is that is football, Andy. You said plenty of positives to more positives and negatives by by a, a long way. You said, Andy. I mean, just take us through a few more because it did sound like a a very good performance. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot more positives uh, than negatives from this from this game alone. Obviously, it's a very negative effect on. On what what we still hoped hoped and hope Ipswich can do this season, because make no bones about it, not not picking up three points in this game is is a real blow to trying to trying to reach the playoffs. I think there's a growing acceptance that that's not not probably not going to happen this season. That all of us kind of agreed on on Thursday's podcast that we think it's it's probably going to end with with Ipswich missing out. But if you just look at it, look at the game objectively, there are there are loads of positives to take. Uh, they they defended really well until the last. Again, Wolfenden again was really good. Donassian really good. I thought Cameron Burgess played really well as well. Um, sadly, it was him that lost his man, though. McNally took this one giant kind of sidestep, which kind of left Burgess standing, and that meant that the Oxford defender was able to get the run on the Ipswich man and, um, and thump home that, that header. Um, Burgess would have come off very frustrated by that. He lay flat on his back after... After the goal, um, but Wes Burns, Wes Burns was fantastic down the right hand side. It was a threat every time he got the ball, despite being kicked to the floor three times in the first five minutes. Um, I thought Tyreek Backinson came alive once once he had Morsi as his partner. Morsi brings so much to that team. Selena was the threat, as Ross said. Bond, I thought Bond looked really really sharp actually when he when he came on um, for for Piggott, who who someone we probably should have a chat about in a bit, but. Um, but yeah, just a flowing, slick team team performance. Something's coming together, but again, in the here and now, uh, not not the result that was needed. Uh, it's funny because the, 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 bizarrely, the live table looks so different, didn't it? At sort of four forty five, and then like one minute later or thirty seconds later, it looks so different again. Yeah, but you see that there gate. There's still what eight games left. Is it? I can't remember. There's seven, eight games. Um, seven left now. Seven left. You know, there's still a lot of points, and I. I bit like yourselves, I think it's probably playoffs have gone, but these things can change very dramatically, can't they? You know, three points for a win compared to one point for a draw, Ross. You know, it changes, it can change the table very quickly. Yeah, I famously said the season was dead in December. Um, of course, I was sort of proven wrong for a while because uh, Kieran McKenna, masterclass and all that. But I think this is probably maybe the final nail in the coffin. I hate to say it, but a lot of town fans were deflated after the game because this was going to be a massive result against a, a top six side. You know, we've not been able to do that yet. We've not been be able to beat a team above us. Um, but yeah, that is just a sickening blow on our playoff. We had slim chances of the playoffs. Now I think that is probably the final nail in the coffin. Um, yeah. 
it's the traffic as much as anything. I think if Ipswich was seventh, let's say for argument's sake, Ipswich was seventh and Sunderland was sixth, six points ahead. I think I could still kind of summon a belief that could Ipswich win essentially two more games than Sunderland over the last seven? It, it, again, that would be hard, but not impossible. But it's the fact that Wickham are five points ahead. Sheffield Wednesday are five ahead with a game in hand as well. It, the The chances of of kind of overhauling three, three of those teams from the position that they're in right now, um, not to mention Portsmouth actually, who are a game, have played a game less and only two points back. Um, it's the traffic, I think, that's that's going to be the problem. Um, well, as much as the points, but um, it's not it's not dead yet. It's this these these games have still got something on them, and 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 there's still a chance, but it's not it's not a chance I see them taking. But but there is there is there are positives about how, where this is all going. It's just I think it, they're just going to run out of time. I think also the thing is that it's a straight, extraordinary top sort of top seven or eight, nine teams, Andy. You know, they just they just keep winning. I mean, they just they're, they're all putting such strong. You expect one yeah. at least one to sort of start um, falling away at a rate of knots, maybe even two. There's no, there's no. I mean, if some, there's this. I mean, it's only Rotherham at the moment who seem to have gone a little bit of a wobble, and they're already so many points clear at the top. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's why this was so frustrating this weekend because this is the one weekend where a few of them did drop points. Like Sheffield Wednesday only got a draw, nil-nil draw at Gillingham. Portsmouth and Wickham drew with each other. Uh, Sunderland drew at Lincoln. None of those teams scored a goal, by the way. They were all nil-nil. Um, so that that's why it's so frustrating that it, that this was a rare chance to to close that gap a little bit, and ultimately they, they didn't. Um, did all the hard work to do it, deserved to do it, really. Um, but on a very rare occasion, you're right, team, they're not dropping points, but this was a very, very rare occasion where all of them did and um, and Ipswich couldn't take advantage of it in the end. Right, well, carry, carrying on with um, a little bit more on the game, um, your, your man, Joe Piggott, my man, Joe Piggott. Um, everyone always says my man Joe Piggott. Well, the reason a lot of people say on the KOA team here say that is because at the start of the season, uh, Joe was... Um, our lead uh, interview on the Kings of Anglia magazine, of course, and I met up with Joe and was warmly impressed with him. And I think perhaps because he was one of our first signings, if not certainly one of the first signings we made in under the new era, that, you know, Joe was sort of really seen as a real catalyst for what was about to happen. And still, Roscoe, it's still still not quite happening for him, is he? But he's getting the chances, which is a good thing. I'm glad to see Kira McKenna, you know, keep keep faith in the, in the lad. You know, he's got, what, three-year contract here, I think. You know, keep faith. He's our player. Um, but it's still not happening, quite happening yet, Ross. No, I think, you know, the big talking point going into the game against Oxford was who's going to start up front because, you know, the wake of Jackson's injury, you thought, OK, who's going to start? Will Bond go in? He's lack of form, no goal in 20-odd games now. James Norley get chucked in. But um, I think, I don't know if anybody was surprised to see Joe Pickett. I was, and I thought, you know what, give Joe Pickett a chance. Um, he had some up and downs during this game. He had a few good link-up plays, they lost the ball a lot of times, but he also was getting fouled a lot. There's a matter of times I was just like zooming with my camera and times the defenders just had his shirt and just pulling his shirt and times he actually didn't win a free kick when he should have done. Um, and I think maybe it was good game management and probably man management from Kieran McKenna for not actually replacing at half-time because that's what he may have felt like. Maybe he needed to take him off, but I think take him off maybe the 50th, 50th minute, I think that's a good idea because if you take him off at half-time, that will just ruin all of his confidence that he's got left. Um I thought he did okay, but um, yeah, there's a few moments where I thought, oh, he's not doing well there. But um, Bond came on and he changed the game for us. Mm, Andy, you've got, um, you've, you've got you've got a few views on Pig. I mean, it's just not quite happening for the poor lad, is it? No, it isn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't think he played very well. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. It, it doesn't give me any pleasure to say that um, because he's clearly a, a, a good guy who's had. Who's had some tough times this year, not not just the way things have gone on the pitch, but off it as well in terms of losing losing his dad, which which um, must be very very tough for for anybody. Um, I'm I'm fortunate that that hasn't happened to me yet, but but it will, and um, that must be really difficult. But 
in terms of his his football, it, it isn't happening for him. You're right. I think he he lost the ball far too often for me. I I appreciate the kind of the, the talk of um, kind of the link work and coming deep and and use, he can do that, particularly at, at Fleetwood. He did that a few times and it was it's good. He can get on the ball and he can spread it wide, but that's not what I want him to be doing. If I'm if it, if it's me, he he's the one striker that's on the pitch. I, I I want him to have a bit more energy, a bit more, a bit more kind of oomph about him. There's two number tens on the pitch to be kind of doing that job, and but and him dropping into those areas to do that isn't necessarily what I want. The bit the bet. There's no problem doing that. Of course, there's not. It's is it's, it that's effective. But if that's the kind of the big takeaway of of kind of the areas that he's playing really well. That that worries me a little bit because uh, I want my 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 central striker to be a threat to defenders, and I don't think he is. Um, so uh, he he looked kind of resigned to to coming off. It it came like a minute or so after a really good chance, really good chance came his way. It was I think it was Wes Burns cut back again from the right side. He cut the ball back to to Piggott, kind of edge of the six yard box territory slightly back slightly with his back to goal and he had time to bring it under control and either look to twist and shoot or or lay it off to somebody else and, and he miscontrolled the ball again and and I think that probably made McKenna's McKenna's mind up and and given how well Bond did when he came off off the bench um I'd be really surprised if if he wasn't given the start at the weekend um he he would have been who uh, we've we've discussed this so many times about strikers and things like that, and, and still, I'll, I'll still say again that Bond would be the one that that I would go with. Um, would love to see Piggott come good, but it, it's just not it's just not happening for him. Mm. It's almost it's almost as the season. I know it's a bizarre thing to say, but the season always can't come sort of quick. The end can't come quick enough for Piggott really, and sort of dust himself down and have a good preseason if he stays at the club, which I hope he does. I mean, I don't. I've heard I've seen people sort of saying, "Oh, get rid of Piggott." We don't. I'd like I'm, this. This boy's got potential, surely. I mean, he's he's you know he's he scored the goals at this level. He's, there's it's been a tough year, I think, for him off the pitch as well as on it. So um, anyway, that's uh, yeah. Let's hope. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. Like, there's. I don't think there's a, a desperate there doesn't need to be a desperate desire to kind of cast him aside. I think you're right. They're, they're going, they are going, I think they are going to sign a frontline striker this summer. And the man who starts next season, I would argue probably isn't at the club, mm. but beyond that, you need, he needs backup. And I think Caden Jackson has probably done his harm, his uh, cause no harm at all um, before his injury. And obviously Pickett is contracted. Um, so I, I, I don't think you necessarily need to rush to get rid of him, but I don't think there's going to be a clear path to first team starts for him next season either. So mm. it, it may well be that he want he wants to go. Who knows? That's a discussion for a way down the line. I think. Mm, right. Okay. Well, look. Well, look. That's 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 the end of the Oxford the Oxford uh, debate. The Oxford look back. That the Oxford. Just for if I was coming home from, I actually went to a non-league game on Saturday afternoon. I didn't go to Oxford. I went to a non-league game, and on the way home, I was listening, and I had to pull over and bang my steering wheel. Go, damn! When the where uh, was that? Where where did that where did that incident happen? It was near Wolverston. I was near Wolverston, and I had to pull over and just bang my steering. Damn! Because I was literally, I was I had the window down, and I was singing away to. To, to myself as I was going along, listening to the commentary, thinking, lovely, look at that league table. I bet that looks a beauty. And then that happened. I had to pull over, Andy. Well, at least you did pull over. Indicate, did you indicate safely and just pull over? Or did you just kind of sw- just swing the wheel to your left and just... I think I just swung the wheel to my left, to be honest. I just there was, mm. I, I ran over some daffodils. I do remember that. Oh, that um, a shame. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I was so furious and just banged my steering wheel. But um, anyway, that's not as bad as the Ipswich fans who were there. They might, they must have felt so. But look, anyway, look, good performance. Shame about the result. Um, but there you go. Let's move on. Big Some big games coming up, which we'll chat about uh, later in the week. So, well... That was a that was a, that was a disappointing result. It was not good performance. Now let's move on to to Sunday and let's let's have a quick chat about the Ipswich women because the Ipswich women not only have they had a fantastic FA Cup run, they're they're on television live on the BBC, which is fantastic coverage for them and of course the football club and, and for, for the for the ladies, tremendous effort. Um, unfortunately, they lost one 0 to West Ham in the FA Cup, but no disgrace there, um, and certainly no disgrace with their fantastic run they've been on. Um, what was it 2,000 people at the Gold Star? I mean, tr- unbelievable. It was fantastic support. Um, Roscoe, now you were watching the ladies when they had about 
20 people watching them a few years ago. Um, it's a, this has been a rapid rise and, and, a, and a real treat. I know we've talked about it before, about how fantastic the, the women have done. A little bit one step too far yesterday um, against the Hammers, but wow. Haven't they done themselves proud? As someone who's who support the women, you must have been thrilled to, to be there and see all that. Yeah, I think um, that's the word. I think a lot of people will use is proud because yeah, just how far this that football club has done. Because from yeah, when I first started covering back in 2016, there was yeah 20 people there, man and his dog, and you know f- you know friends and family there supporting the team. But now we've got a proper supporters group. You know, fans going week in week out, and yeah, to see two thousands. At the Gold Star, I think it's fantastic for Felix and Walton as well for them to to have their football club on the telly. Um, you know, the BBC cameras, you know, Reda Wally and uh, KVY were there um, doing the commentary for BBC Suffolk. You know, a lot of the town players, men's first team, were there supporting the girls as well. Mark Ashton and Co. Um, so it was great to see all those supporting the team, and they it doesn't sound proud. You know, only to lose one 0 against a Super League team of West Ham. You know, full of internationals, West Ham as well, and. They dug in deep, um, but West Ham, they they got the killer goal and they probably were happy would just sit back with 1-0. Um, but they did a sales proud and they've inspired the next generation of female footballers and just, you know, fans alike. So uh, that's the word we're going to use, I think, is just proud. It's moved very quickly, Ross, hasn't it? The Ipswich, the Ipswich ladies, the Ipswich women's team has, has progressed very quickly in a short space of time from, you know, winning leagues and suddenly to be in this position of, have been such a very, very good sign. What there's, there's promotion on the cards for this season as well. Yeah, that's the goal. I think now the aim is, you know, after a, you know getting to quarterfinals of the FA Cup, that's a a big thing. You know, that's you know history making already. Um, but yeah, top of the league at the moment. You know, Southampton, Oxford, they're behind us at the moment. But um, you know, fully focused on the league now and got such a young team. So many more big games to come for those. You know, you think there's. Part of that is 17 academy graduates in that team, which is fantastic. You know, so still young, still 19, 20, 21. There's still there's some 17 year olds who came off the bench. So yeah, it's everything is up at the moment now for the women's team. Everything is looking to be like West Ham, being in a Super League, fighting against the the big dogs of um, women's football. Um, so yeah, they're inspiring the next generation, and uh, yeah, it's great to see the transition of just how big they've got because when I first covered them they were in the fourth tier playing you know teams like no offense to like teams like Lowestoft and Subbury and stuff they're playing those sort of teams now they're playing against the, the big dogs of women's football so uh yeah it's um it's great to have a good women's team in our in our region as well so future's bright yeah and, and but I mean so the women's super league obviously is another bit like when the premier league you know became so big so quickly you know back in the 90s the women's super league has, has, has started to become so big over the last few years you know i mean how far i mean Ipswich not there yet but can you see it can you see it in the future Ipswich I think win in the super league yeah i think that's the goal for the football club i think they're mm. wanting to, to get there that is the ultimate aim um and if they can do that in a few years time then brilliant if it takes longer then it is what it is there's so many other teams trying to fight for that that spot um that's the only problem with women's football is there's only 12 teams allowed in the Super League at the moment. So, and there's only one team to get relegated. So it is, that's wow. the only problem, I think. It's just the situation there. But um, I think they're going to fight for it. They're, they've got, which has got such a talented group. And, you know, that's the thing with the Lionesses. That success there has inspired many more, mm. you know, young, you know, girls wanting to play football. And I'm sure, you know, 2,000 fans at the game on Sunday, they inspired them. You know, I'm sure there was thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people watching on telly. And going, I want to be the next Natasha Thomas. I want to be the next Paige Peak, next Sarah Quantrill and goal. So um, I think that's another thing we could take away from this great run is it's going to inspire. And once again, those are two words I'm going to use, proud and inspire, because that is what they've done. That run has done. Yeah, very much so, Andy. I mean, you must agree. It's a, it's a, you know, obviously just, just terrific run by, by the women. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, they, they've brought a real kind of not just this season either but they've brought kind of a kind of a quite a nice kind of positive side to Ipswich town um obviously things are going a bit better at the moment but um recent years haven't been very good for the Ipswich Ipswich town men's first team so to have sort of something on the rise kind of alongside it is is really good i've been to a game this season the uh, 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 still like 5 600 there for that it's not it's, this isn't simply people kind of turning up for the cup there's kind of like a growing 
sort of regular hardcore as Ross has said there and that's that's the um that's the good thing about it I think every, you, you can attract big crowds for big cup games but it's the kind of the growing week by week fan base which is exciting for them they they've got professional players there now um they've, they they're training more often um and as I'm sure there's not really an as as the game grows they're going to have to make more promotion places available because I'm, I'm sure a lot of that is down to the sort of the governing bodies not feeling like there's the quality outside of the Super League and then is it the Championship Ross is that what the second division is called yeah yeah so um not that maybe not thinking there's enough quality out but but not just Ipswich Southampton um and then in the northern division is it Newcastle and Wolves are kind of the yeah. the two big sides there so they're there are teams that are kind of fighting upwards and at some point the kind of authorities are going to have to look at it and expand sort of the, the flow of the pyramid because there's there's better there's better quality out there and Ipswich are at the, the very forefront of that by the sounds of things, um, which is which is great to see. I think it's, it's, it is it's clearly only going to get bigger and better, uh, women's football, is there's, there's no doubt about that. The stage is, the Women's Super League has created a stage now that everybody wants to aspire to and um it's, it's it's a great and great Ipswich Town right up there and you say they're you know that they're, they're now they're now making those great strides Ross yeah um I want to sort of talk about some more on a funnier side of what happened on Sunday um I think the listeners will enjoy this because I did a Ross thing on Sunday yay um, yes well done yeah. Ross Ross thing was yeah. it the time was it, when, was it when you didn't phone me before kickoff and then when I did contact you at half time you told me you were too busy is that the funny thing uh that's okay. Three funny things. Uh, that's that's one thing. Um, people know that I'm terrible with my phone in terms of answering phone calls and sometimes answering messages. Um, so that's that's one of the funny things. This so the first the first thing is um, or actually they both come together. I did forget two things when I left the ground. Um, the first thing was a phone charger, which I've got plenty of those, so that's fine. You can replace that, and I can get that another time. But the other thing was my house keys. So. Um, yeah, right, yeah. I did, and um, annoyingly, my uh, my girlfriend was out at the time, so I couldn't actually get in my house. So thankfully, I was able to ring up the chairman and uh, ring him up. But then he was saying he was going out for a meal with his family. But thankfully, the meal was at the farmhouse, which is just up the road to me. Oh. So he was able to give it to me. So thankfully, I've got my keys. I'm, I'm in my house because I'm recording this podcast right now. But um, yeah, that's a Ross thing. I left. Um, big shout out to Liam from Crew who did the match report for us, and he also had to drive me up and down um to get the keys and then other bits and bobs like i also left my charger as well at, at his house so that's just three things i forgot so uh oh dear shambles you of man. sir you sir are an absolute shambles of a man um but we still love you and do not repeat do not go putting your charger on expenses if you're stupid enough to keep leaving it lying around that's your tough luck yeah, I think um, I've actually, before before we got our new laptops, when we used to have the old laptops, I actually left a charger in London and um, I actually got it replaced. Luckily, one of the IT guys said, oh, here you go, I've got a spare here. But um, that was a, a boo-boo for me, leaving a charger. Yes, well, well we're, we, we, we'd like to say we're surprised, but we're not. But anyway, <laughs> Roscoe, well, well, it's, at least you're, you're here now. That's good news. You're back in your, your little house. We'd hate the, the thought of you having to sleep outside in the, in the shed or whatever, you, whatever you've got in your house because you couldn't get in. Um, so that I'm, glad, I'm glad you had a good night's sleep. And, um, well, yes, well, the, so, look, congratulations to Ipswich Women. I know they're disappointed to be out of the FA Cup, but, hey, what a, what a fantastic run. What the, the coverage they've brought to the, to the, to the town um, themselves. And, um, yeah, fantastic. So, um, yeah, very good. But... Well, with all ups, there's plenty of ups and plenty of downs in football, of course. And um, sadly, today um, we're sort of re- we're looking back on um, we're already looking back on a career of a very young player. Unfortunately, she's had to call time on it after some some bad some bad injuries. Um, Tristan Nydam has uh, announced yesterday that he's um, he's quitting the, the game professionally. Which it, I remember interviewing him again for the Kings of Anglia magazine three or four years ago. Um, what a lovely what a lovely polite young man he is, um, and he was on the cusp of of some great things. He he loved to tackle. He was always telling he's telling me and he, he loved his and of course he made some starts but he you know he got he, he was pushing himself into the first team squad. Um yeah and but unfortunately an ankle a bad it was a bad ankle break wasn't it Andy or ligaments or ankle break mm, yeah all of it yeah he's called it a day unfortunately um Andy you knew Tristan well as, as well. You you spoke to him many times. What well, I'm yeah. disappointed is that you know people people sit watch the Premier League and people run around earning a hundred thousand pound a week and think that's what footballers' life is. And but there's 
yeah, there's the other side of it. Yeah, it's really, it's really sad that one. Um, really, really sad. He's, as you've said, he's a, he's a really likable young mm. man with a, a a wise head on, on young shoulders, and to not to have kind of his his dream. He'd been at Ipswich since he was nine, nine years old, um, and he made it as a football player at Ipswich Town. He he played twenty games for Mick McCarthy in twenty seventeen eighteen season um so not all of them under Mick obviously he left before the end of the season but he he played 20 games that season and and he wasn't out of place at all he was thrown in earlier than he maybe should have been obviously we, we'll all remember Emir Hughes and Tom Adeyemi barely barely kicking a ball that season they were meant to be the Ipswich, Ipswich midfield but their misfortune was was Flynn Downs and Tristan Nydam's opportunity and, and both of them came through and didn't look overawed at all but um Really felt like there was a really good career ahead for him, but sadly that that night at, at Notts County in pre-season ahead of the first League One season was um, ultimately ended ended his career. Really, I remember it. I remember it very vividly. The noise you could hear, um, the whole ground went quiet. Like you could you could tell some, a bad injury had happened. Obviously, we didn't know quite the extent of it at the time, but um, it's so cruel because he, again, having had a really tough year the year before, Paul Hurst loaned him out to Scotland, to St. Johnston, where he it was a waste of his time, essentially. I don't think St. Johnston know what, knew why they signed him. He barely played. He was hundreds of miles from home. His career stalled. By the time he came back, the club were battling relegation and Paul Lambert probably rightly didn't want to chuck a, a teenage boy into that. But ahead of that season, just as that injury happened, he'd started to kind of push his cause again this this time at left back he was he was making a bit of an impression at left back we saw him over in Germany didn't we Ross and he was he was doing well he was he looked like he'd earned a place in the squad at the very least as a left back but ultimately so cruel so cruel um he did get back on the pitch he played for he played in the first game post takeover which was a really strange experience um such a joyous day it would have been for the club but it was behind closed doors and a nil-nil draw with MK Dons but the highlight of that was half an hour at the end from Tristan Nydam who came on and looked like his old self he, he was tenacious he was he was putting himself about he um putting tackles in but that, that would prove to be his last game of professional football he was released that summer and um didn't find a new club and the longer that went on I began to feel like began to worry actually that they're probably that probably is this is the way it's going to go. And then last night, he's obviously confirmed that. So really tough, really disappointing. I'm really sad for him because um, he did what so many of us probably dreamed of doing and he and he made it. It just got taken away from him. Yeah. A few thoughts, Roscoe. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, 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 was that photograph of him and Wolfie and Andre yeah. and and Flynn yeah. off the pitch against West Ham in a pre-season friendly? Beautiful, wonderful photograph of the four youngsters you know, and um, sadly, Tristan's sort of, you know, it's, it's not going to make it like uh, like the other three are, are hopefully going to do so or are doing so. A few thoughts, Roscoe? Yeah, when I saw that news last night, I was, you know, it was just gutting to see, you know, uh, he's still such a still young, you know, young lad, you know, 22 years of age. Um, yeah, when he broke through, you know, he won the Young Player of the Year awards back in 2016-17 season before his breakthrough season. And, you know, he had... Yeah, everything. I really did enjoy him playing. I was luckily enough to watch a lot of the academy games when he was breaking through, and I thought we've got we've got a player here, and he was fantastic during that that season. You know, a young player coming through, and yeah, I remember seeing him in Germany with with Andy and Stewart, and thinking, oh, this could be the year for for Tristan to really kick on, play well. Um, I, I wasn't actually at the Notts County friendly, but I remember just seeing the the articles and seeing the, the you know the tack on go, oh. This is bad news. Um, and you know, I remember Andy actually interviewing him in Germany and we thought, yeah, this is gonna be him to kicking on. Um, and then yeah, just it hap- you know, injuries happen in football, but sadly that injury has ended his his, you know, future career. Um, but he's always been a good lad, always had an opportunity to chat to him a few times myself. Um, and you know, it's always great to see, you know, young Academy players coming through and he was one of those where you thought we've got a player here and yeah, when he got loaned out at St Johnston, we thought as a bit of a random one, a bit of a waste one. And I actually spoke to Liam Craig, who was, you know, one who captained the Youth Cup winning title in 2006. He was at St. Johnston at the time. I think he's still there now, actually. And, you know, I was speaking about, you know, how 
polite and how well he was. You know, he trained so hard, um, even though he was so a long way away from home. He was just such a nice lad. And um, it's sad to see that this has happened, but um, I'm sure he's going to have a a big future in whatever he does next because he is such a great lad. So um, Mm. best luck, Tristan. I'd agree with that. I I think there are some players that are set up for a fall after after their careers end. Obviously, Tristan's has ended way earlier than than anybody would have would have hoped for him. But there are some that can deal with it well and there are some that can't. And and I'm sure there are going to be some tough times, already been some tough times for Tristan over these months and there'll be more to come. But I think he's in a really good, really the right kind of person to deal with this really well, actually, and, and, and do something really, really special with it, potentially. And maybe like look, look at Kieran McKenna, for example. Um, Kieran McKenna lost his career at a similar age um, to injury. And I'm not. I'm not suggesting that Tristan's necessarily going to go on and be the, the manager of Ipswich Town, but um, you don't have to let that be the end of it, do you? Um, and, and Tristan is the kind of character, whether it's in football or outside football, he's one that um, one that I'd back to do that. You mentioned that interview, Ross. That was that made me that, that interview I did in in Germany with him. It never actually got published because it was all written up, and we were kind of waiting to use it the following week about. And it was him talking about just how excited he was to get his career going again. Um, and no, so a few days later, that injury, that injury happened. And we never got to use it. And that picture that we we've, we've just flashed up as well. This is another one that I love this picture so much. But the thing that makes me really sad about it is is, is Flynn Downs, Luke Wolfen, and Andre Dazelle and Tristan Nider. It's before Paul Hurst's kind of final dress rehearsal with Ipswich against West Ham. Um, those four never actually played a single minute of football together for all together for Ipswich Town they played brilliantly that day the four of them against West Ham but the four of them were never on the pitch at the same time for for a single minute which um mm. which is really sad in itself mm. well look Tristan we you know if you do listen to this I don't know if you do or don't but yeah, very best of luck to you with, 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 with what comes around the corner we know we've all said we've all met you and interviewed you and you're uh, you're a, you're a very very nice and polite decent young man and you're going to have a you're going to have a fine future out of you in whatever you do so good luck to Tristan for that um it's sad his football's career professionally is over but yeah who knows what the future is for him right well look let's let's move on to something a little bit more cheerful let's cheer ourselves up a little bit and um and did you know that March the 21st yes now not your thinking is what you're going to say Michael is what well, what is it Michael this. what is it Michael? exactly ask me what is it Roscoe ask me the question it's a certain day in a... No, that's um, not a question. That's a statement. Um, I said, ask me a question. What is it, Michael? Who scored a late goal oh, on this day? Dear, dear, dear. March the 21st is, of course, not Pancake Day. It's Richard Chaplow Day. And, well, you always think to yourself, what's Richard Chaplow Day? Well, I'm going to pass it over to Andy because Andy will tell exactly what it is. It's a late Richard Chaplow goal at Watford. Andy, who remembers that day? Uh... Yeah, I, I do remember it. I wasn't there, unfortunately. But what what I will say actually is that March the nineteenth should really should be talking about Burst Saint Selina Day. That oh. that goal, obviously not as late, but um, that goal kind of and and the celebrations which followed kind of had the potential to be uh, if if they'd gone on to reach the playoffs or get promoted, could have been a could have been another one of these lines in the sand. But Richard Chaplow Day, I, I wish I'd been there. I hadn't. I wasn't, but so many Ipswich fans were to see Richard Chaplow scoring t- stoppage time at at Watford to uh, spark limbs in and <laughs> limbs and scenes in the away end at Vicarage I think, Road. I, I think the thing about it was that it, it was um, I, I can't remember who crossed the ball. Who was it who crossed the ball? Was it Freddie Sears? I think Freddie Sears might have gone down the line, and 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 I think Freddie Sears interviewed us saying um, he he looked up and couldn't believe he saw Richard Chaplow bombing down the centre of the pitch, and he come on as a sub. I think he come on as a sub, and he just didn't do that sort of thing. It wasn't his type, but he decided it, he was going to, and and just took the pass, and it was the ninetieth minute, wasn't it? And and it's just one. Was it one one nil? I suppose it was, and um, beat Watford, and it was as Ipswich were charging towards the Championship playoffs, of course. So it was a massive result. Richard Chaplow is still remembered to this fine day, which is... Uh, do you remember it, Roscoe, at all? I mean, you're probably only about six and a half when that went in. <laughs> I don't know. Where, how old were you? I don't know. Um, I was probably... How old was I? I was... Tw- I don't know. I don't know what age it was, but I was actually... How old, in that how old are you now, Ross? 
I'm 25 now, so I would have been 20. Min- minus minus seven. 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 18. Very good. Did you actually go to school, Ross? I'm assuming you did. Obviously, 25 yeah. minus seven is 18. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you were there, but you were there, Ross. You were, you were in, there. Yeah, I was in the way and in that unbelievable limbs. I think we all, like, yeah, as Freddie Sears was, I think we were all surprised to go, it's Richard Chaplow. He's in here. <laughs> and, yeah, the commentary was fantastic as well. You know, Brenner did fantastic commentary on that. And yeah, it was unbelievable. It was inflatable day as well. You know, Watford were, I think, yeah, I think they were top of the league at the time, or they were, they were yeah. anyway. Um, and it was a massive result in that season. And, you know, a fantastic season. You know, that 2014-15 season. But it was just a uh, carnage, absolute carnage. I probably was, I was probably maybe one of the top tiers of you know that away end, and I probably was at the bottom by the end of it because <laughs> you know you know one's just charging down. It was just oh, it was unbelievable scenes. I probably got through a few bruises. I probably hugged a lot of random strangers, but that was uh, a day definitely a top to me. Unfortunately, I haven't had many moments as a town fan. Um, and sadly, that that one, Noel Hunt, late winner. Um, yeah, the last one, yeah. decade is, yeah, the last decade hasn't been great. Um, hopefully, many more moments to come. But um, yeah, you do love late winners, don't you? You can't, you can't beat it. And the beauty of it is, Andy, you spoke to Richard Chappell about this, didn't you? About this, uh, about this. He's, where is he now? He's in America, isn't he? Yeah, he's in California now. He's coaching at Orange, Orange County, rising through the ranks there. I think at the time he was like first team coach. I think I spoke to him two years ago on on the day, and uh, I think he might be the head coach now. I think he, he's I think risen he up is. the ranks a little bit. Um, yeah, he seems like a lovely fan. I never met him kind of in the course of football no. or being at Ipswich or anything, but um, I have since spoken to him, spoken to him about it, and. Um, he loves it every every year. He he forgets about it, and then every year on the twenty first of March, his phone just goes a bit mad for twenty four hours about this goal that he scored seven years ago, and then uh, and then it all gets forgotten again for another year, and he and then uh, he loves it. Yeah, ah, brilliant! It's a great story. It's great. Got those got those moments in time. Haven't you? That's what being a, being a fan is about, especially an Ipswich Town fan. We've got some great moments in time to remember, and that's one of I do. Uh, I do remember. I do remember that distinctly. And the commentary was great, and Chaplow bombing through the middle. I think someone said, "You know, what was he doing? It was just what he what was he doing there? It was just it was just so bizarre." But anyway, great time. So anyway, all right, great. Richard Chaplow days. I hope you celebrate that. I will probably. I, I, I think I might have a pancake. Actually, I think I'll have pancakes tonight. Um, celebrate. I don't know why. I just just why not. Andy, I've just... Why not, indeed? Like, Richard Chaplow, pancakes? Exactly. Well, that's how I'll remember well, from now on. I think we should shave all our heads off just for, for him, because, you know... Shave your head off or your hair off? Hair off. <laughs> shave, your, shave your head off. It's extreme. Goodness me. That's a bit... Anyway, well, that's great. So, well, I'm Richard Chaplow, and, uh, yeah, thanks for those memories. Um, uh, Andy, can, can we, can, we'll come to the end of, of another fine podcast, if I, if, if I say so myself. Well, fine as you want but perhaps it's not that good but i mean it seems it seems to be all it's right fine. We're, it's we're fine we're enjoying ourselves yeah. aren't we we do nothing else we yeah. chat for hours um but um yeah andy um now the million dollar whatever thing it is million dollar cheeses i mean how are we getting on how did we get on saturday not well i imagine we never seem to success actually i know yeah winner uh under two and a half goals uh came in so 190 grand thanks Thanks to Stuart Watson as well for pushing me in the right direction with it. You went for under two and a half, did you? And you yeah, it came up. Oh, well, obviously it came yeah. up. Yeah. Well, that's so, fantastic. Uh, yes, that's put me in my place, hasn't it? Because yeah. there's me always thinking, what a waste of time this is. That man's blown nearly a million quid. Wow. Have I though? The, my turnover is spectacular. The amount of money that's been turned over in this is is a spectacular amount. Well, yes, it certainly is spectacular. There's no, there's little, there's little doubt about that. Um, so, well, well, well done, Andy. Oh, so well. That's rather caught me, caught me on the hop. Rather, I expected to rather be giving you a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of a hutch rollicking there, but no, no need, no need, Roscoe. Is that? It's good news. Yeah, I think it was a good bet because it's always goalless draws against Oxford. But um, thankfully, we saw two goals. Um, unfortunately, the the second goal was uh, not what we wanted. But there we go. We've moved on. We've moved on, Roscoe. He said we're not going to talk about Oxford uh, anymore. So let's just, just forget still, that. Still, it still hurts. Still hurts. I know. It still hurts. Right. Okay. Well, look, um, before we go, we'll just, um, just a little. I don't know if anyone's, anyone likes a little bit of European football, but I, I like to follow a few Europeans. Everyone's always got a second team, haven't they? Either in this country or abroad or whatever. I used to follow, I used to turn my second team used to be Meadowbank Thistle. Now, who remembers Meadowbank Thistle? No, see, you won't do because that's probably for you two were born. But they were a team in Scotland. And I used to follow them a lot. I used to like Meadowbank this, but everyone's got a second team. And well, a European wise, did you see the result 
Real Madrid nil, Barcelona four. Now, my, my timeline is full of Barcelona fans, it seems to me. I didn't realise. I, I thought they're all just like non-league footballers and, and non-league managers, Ipswich Town fans. But half of them seem to be Barcelona fans as well, because it's Barca this and El Clasico that. And um, Andy, you're up now. Come on. This is this is your for a lover of the European game. You must have some... What teams are up there in your uh, in your favour? I've got too many. I don't. I don't have a second team. I've got low. I've got loads of teams that I that interest me, and neither Barca or Real Madrid are, are one of them. If I'm honest, I've not really got a. a I was going to say a dog in that fight. I don't know if you can say that, but I have. Um, Spanish team. I, Las Palmas are my Spanish oh. team. Good side and Gran Canaria. I've been there have, a couple of have times. Have to fly everywhere. Have to fly to everywhere. They do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But apart unless they're playing Tenerife. And then they then they can go they go by boat, um, go on the ferry. but yeah, it must be quite fun though because they're obviously like two hours from the mainland. About like they have to welcome like it's not just them flying everywhere. They have teams have to kind of like fly in a lot further than they normally would to to play their away games. It must it kind of grips the island when they've they've got a big game. I've been there before when they've played um, Valencia, I think, um, and it kind of grips the island a little bit. It's a um, yeah, so it's an un unrecognised football hotbed, but there are lo- there's loads of teams across Europe that that interest me. Mm, that's my friend want- Henry 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 Child is the press officer at Speedway, big Ipswich Town fan as well, and Osasuna, oh, Osasuna, Osasuna, he's cr- cr- crackers over them. He loves them. Oh, there's a great story of how he got involved with in the first place, and he now he follows them every, he follows them home and away. He loves it. Well, not you home know what away, you know what Osasuna is famous for. You know what Osasuna is. Osasuna's in Spain. Pamplona, Pamplona. Yes. In you know what they do there? Tomatoes. Yep. Has he done that? Well, I don't understand. What you might what's he had a tomato fight there, there don't they? Something... There is, there's that as well. Um, but I believe that's also where they do the running of the bull. The running of the bull, yeah. I think you might be right. Has he ever, has he ever, has he ever done that? I don't know. I'll have to ask him. Um, I haven't spoken to him for a few. He went over for the bull fight, for the bull run the other week. I haven't seen him since, so I don't know if he actually got uh, back. Okay, no. he's been so, he's been gored, probably. Uh, Ross, yourself, how are you? Uh, what's what European? Yeah, that, and but by the way, we, when you say we say European, we don't want Celtic or Rangers or or no, Cardiff no. City or something. We're, we're trying to think a bit further afield. No, uh, I'm going to keep with this Spanish theme, and also I've got another team as well. Um, my friend, actually, one of my old school mates, he actually moved to Spain when he was um, when he was 12. Um, but we were good mates, and he he, he lives near Elche, and he's got a season to get Elche. So I always follow Elche's, um, and they're currently in in the top flight of Spanish football. So um, they're playing the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona. But um, I always follow them. Always do little career modes on FIFA with Elche. <laughs> um, my other team is 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 Napoli because I've got family um, from Naples and I've been to there many, many times and I've been to a few Napoli games. So, uh, yeah, I always follow Napoli's fortunes. Got family in Naples? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, you need to be you need to be careful what you say to Ross. This, yeah. this, he's got connections that could could uh, could put you in trouble, Michael. Really? So, so when well, you're having a go at him, for leave, if you want, if he wants to put his charger through expenses for leaving yeah. him behind, he puts his charger <laughs> through expenses. All right, you, Ross. Ross, you put it through expenses. I'll sign it off. Yeah. Don't you worry. Well, about it. Get yourself I'll a couple. Cut your head off. I'll cut your head <laughs> off. <laughs> Get yourself a couple. Honestly, I'll sign it off. If if Heathy won't, I will. Honestly, well done. That's fantastic. Um, Napoli, of course, fantastic. When Maradona was there, what a, what a time Ooh. of life that must have been to be a, a Napoli fan back then. While well, you're again, poor Ross wasn't even born, but I mean, I, mean, I can assure you, it was a. Fantastic time there, but it's funny. We, people do have second teams, don't they? Uh, mine's, mine's Villarreal, by the way. If you if you're asking, which you weren't, so I'm going to tell you anyway because no one seems interested. But I'm going to I'm going to tell you. So Villarreal, a little team down the east coast of um of Spain, where where we must be spend quite a bit of holiday. So um, yes, I've been to see Villarreal a few times as well, and um, and Valencia's down that way. In fact, it's it's a Valencia, as you probably know. Oh, Valencia. Valencia. Yeah, when you're over there, yeah. I find that very weird to say because it's not very as an English. You, it's they say it automatically the Spanish, you just, and, but to me it feels forced. Valencia, mm. do you know what I mean, Andy? Do you feel that? I know. Yeah. How, how is your how is your Spanish? You are a regular in Spain. Well, I do. I do go Spain like well. I, um, I mean, your, how's your Spanish? Well, it's not too bad. Well, it's not as good as it used to be because I've been for for eighteen months. I'm going, hopefully going soon. Um, but uh, dos dos beer something something something. But I'm, I don't go very far. Cerveza. 
Yes. Dos por favor. Yeah, naranga uh, uh, and and say little words and oh, I've, I've forgotten so I've forgotten I've forgotten the six words I did know. So I mean that's that's really just shows how how poor I am. But um, so uh, so Ross, yes, yeah, so that's really interesting about Napoli. I'm I'm, you, I'm fascinated about that. Have you have you actually seen them play? Have you managed to get to see them yeah. play? Yeah, I've seen them play three times. So when Rafa Benitez was in charge and they had mm. Gonzalo Higuain up front. Um, and thankfully, they won all those games I went to see. So I'm, I'm a lucky charm when I go. So I'm hoping to go again soon when when I can, because I'm going to Italy in June. So unfortunately, there's no football on in June because the season's finished. But um, hopefully another game will will come soon for me. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought, just just before we go, I just think, what's the biggest what's the biggest derby in the world? What's the biggest what's the biggest derby, Andy, in the world? Do you think the El, is it El Clasico? Or see, see, I put I put Celtic Rangers up there. See, I'm I know that's a bit more close yeah. to home. I, I'm I I think that's massive that game. I know they play each other about eight times a year, but every one of them's massive. Yeah, I I would I would say that's got to be the biggest in in the in the the big ones for me all have an element beyond football, and obviously. Yeah. Obviously, that one's got got the religious religious side to it. Um, like Barcelona, Real Madrid is kind of Spain against like Catalonia, isn't it? Where yeah. they think like there's obviously political issues there. Boca v River in um, wow. in Buenos Aires, I'd say, is a pretty big one as well. Um, yeah, I went I went to the Milan derby recently, as we've discussed on here, but like that's that's. Um, it's a great game, a great spectacle, but I, I wouldn't put it in the same. Having now witnessed it, it was a great atmosphere, but it is quite friendly, actually. Like, is it? Yeah. yeah, like there's quite a lot of in, inter. I, I was in. It was a Milan home game, so I was in the Milan in with the Milan fans, obviously. But like Inter fans are quite happily kind of sitting in there. Mm. I think that's fairly fairly common. Obviously, there's a bit of banter going backwards and forwards, but nothing too outrageous. But if you suddenly got a sort of a green and white hooped shirted man sitting in the Rangers <laughs> section at Ibrox for an old firm derby. I don't think it's going to be quite as welcoming as this one, as this one was. So yeah, this derbies are great. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully in the not too distant future, we might have ours back to, yeah, to discuss nice, at some point. But, um, but yeah, I, I'd probably agree with you, Mike. I'd put the old firm at the, yeah. at the top of that. Well, when I played for St John's Primary, um, Sidegate Lane were always our uh, closest. Yes, um, me yes. too. UBF, we both played. Yes, we did, didn't we, Andy? Both were St John's. Um, yes. yes, footballers. See, that's got, yeah, separated by just that little wooded area at the little back of the field, fence. like yeah. keeping keeping the peace. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What a primary school local derby that was. Gosh, we used to be kicking each other's angles and all sorts. Well, look, we've come to the end of the Kings of Anglia podcast here on a Monday morning. I hope KOA family have enjoyed listening to our to our sort of chat, really, about all sorts of things. Really, for the disapp- we hope we've cheered you up a little bit from the disappointment. So we we were all gutted as as, as everybody as you as you can imagine. But hey, look, um, there's lots of positive signs at Portland Road. We all know that. And um, and well, look, best wishes to uh, to Tristan uh, Nidan. We we uh, we mean that most sincerely for for him for a for um for his future and then congratulations to the Ipswich women as we said before for a fantastic FA Cup and give us lots to chat about and be positive about as well um and uh, well look from myself Laporca Lapokianos Lapikio Dolala um what does that mean sorry I don't know um from goodbye from me and of course well Roscoe a little a little little cheerio from yourself and then and then I'll leave the final word to the Hutch man goodbye adios 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 Crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. I should have said ciao, shouldn't I? Should have said ciao. Oh. <laughs> oh. See, uh, see, see, you might as well keep it running. Why do you keep it running now say ciao? <laughs> ciao. Yeah, bye. <laughs>